river kingdoms are an ever-warring group of city-states, kingdoms, and fiefdoms, where lives are threatened every day by conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Mavoy sits the Stolen Lands, stolen from me and my kind, and degenerated into savage conflict. I have been called by many names, Titania, Nerissa, the Queen of Forgotten Time. Herein lies the end of Stagthorn's tale, where Caelan Peacebringer has finally taken control of the wilderness, monsters, romantic entanglements, the affairs of ancient gods, and war. I will lift the heavy burden from his head and bring Stagthorn peace forever. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. Episode 151. So when last we left our hero, and his brother Caelan... Oh, this is his dimension. He's the hero. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, you had climbed your way across a string of mandragoras after rescuing pixies. Yes. Found sentient plants, and then realised you were in the first world. Huh? Um, so, speaking of Tristram as the hero, um, I was kind of hoping I could get some healing off him. Well, that's one of the many qualities that makes me the hero of this story. Mm-hmm. Can you do that? I think not. No, I can't magically heal people. Why don't we bust out some more light wound cure? Yep, sounds good. I have 19 back again. Thank you. Tristan picks up 20. How are you doing? I could use one more if he's got another slot. Yep. I have uh, eight more hit points back. That's him down 10, you down 8. Or you down, whatever. Sorry. <laughs> yep, that's all good. Yep. Alright, um, I am going to um, drink one of my potions of cure light. So oh, one vacuous, vacuous and dim, but kind of pretty. Mm. Yeah. Another nine for me. Puts me on a good area towards my total. Alright, and um, we continue onwards past the Mandragora field. Okay, do you want more Phantom Steeds? Uh, yes, um, probably. I don't know. Um, it will certainly speed us up a lot, but... They make you go faster. They offer um, flight and water walking. Yeah. Um, but, um... And he can't conjure them instantly because it's a ten minute casting time. So yeah. if you need them in a hurry, you ain't going to get them. But on the other hand, it's two two of his first, his third little spell slots. Yeah. Um. Yes, I think so. Yep. Technically speaking, one doesn't dispel the other, so there are now four phantom steeds walking around. Yeah. But the other ones are. Um, hang on. Um. We couldn't just have them walk through the Mandragora field to us, could we? Because the um, uh, they'd die. Yeah, they can take they they have an AC. Yeah, um, but they can take area effect damage. 
Could we have them? No, the... Um, and they can't fly over. Yeah. Because if they could fly over, you'd have solved the problem in the first place by just riding them over. Yeah, and they can't gallop over just high enough to, um, at the level we were sort of swinging across. Uh, they could drive, but they'd have the same problem as you. Yeah, because they'd, they'd be they, setting off... Then the they need to make balance, balance checks. checks. And they need to make balance checks. Yep, cool, that's right. We conjure new ones. And as... Like, in theory, I could roll it out and see if any of them survive, but the things, um... Have bugger all hit points. Yeah, yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah. No, all good. We um, conjure new ones, and the old ones stand on the other side of the um, mansion or field until they dissipate. Like they're immune to some of it; they can't black out. Yeah, but, uh, a good sonic piece of sonic damage will just kill them. Yeah. Cool. No problems. Yep. And we gallop off down the road. Yep. Is taking you to number eight. So you have the instruction of with eyes shut tight, dream of home, and then simply walk down any road out of here. Okay, so. Well, don't simply walk down the road out of here, given there's only the one on this side. Yep, so we close our eyes, um, Kaelin thinks about the castle at Stagthorn, and the, um, has little kids at home waiting for him, and you know, the pies the cook makes and um, mm-hmm. his nice big bed with bread in it sometimes and the um, window that opens onto the forest that she goes and roams in when Chase is stable. And you ride forward doing this for some sort of some 15 minutes or so and then the sort of daydreams you were having in your head start to change to something more mildly unpleasant, the children are yelling, bordering on screaming, the pies are burning, and you then you can smell wood smoke catching, things like that. And you open your eyes, as it tells you when the dream turns foul. Ah, uh, yeah. To open your eyes. And really, really well. I'd be curious about what Tristram's dreaming about. Uh, if you're interested, the camera can show you. Yeah, yeah, I am interested. Um, so he is closing his eyes in Dreaming of Home. Um, it is not the fable, but it is the first world, the strange neon fruiting trees, giant impossible mountains off in the distance that close with you in a single step. And then as it starts to turn, to, as it starts to turn foul, he dreams of the nightmare version of these. The mountains are collapsing from age alone. The first, the trees are withering. The first world is dying. Yeah, it's time in this world is done. Yeah, and you open up onto another nice clearing in the endless forest uh, of jagged, nasty-looking hills, plains covered in brambles and thorns, and there is a single single stone spire rising, not massively wide. Like a needle up into up high into the sky, and atop that there is a big flat stone top, like a perch. This is. Does this look familiar to me? It looks exactly, exactly to a T, 
like the Nightmare Rook's perch in the dreamscape. Let's have a bit of a look around. The Rook's dead, but there may be something else here that we should know about. Corwin and I weren't um, really in a treasure hunt in mind. And so, with your horses, you can simply fly up to the top, make yeah. things vastly easier. They don't fly terribly well, so you yeah. have to do a little bit of a spiral, but you poke around, you can climb over all the brambles and thorns, you can land up on the top. What you find is a nest here made up of huge tree branches taken from these very trees, presumably. Um, exactly like a bird's nest, but gigantic. And there is nothing here. Cool. We fly back down and head uh, on whatever the path tells us to go next. Uh, this time... It is simply step off and fall. So you go to the top, yeah. walk the horses off the edge, yeah. and go... <laughs> and then... They're galloping down the road again. Okay. This takes you... This one is a huge clearing, at least four or five times everything else that you have seen here. Um, it is a grassy field, and... There are thousands of stone statues in here, um, laid up across the place. But the first thing, in a, a sort of low, round hill, um, and the first thing you see here is there is a sign, and next to it there is a humanoid skeleton who has an old, rusted sword that he has jammed through his own heart and his own chest and is holding on, fixed in his skeletal hands. Yikes. What does the sign say? Beware the Jabberwock? In Sylvan, it reads, Beware the Jabberwock, my children. So, Tristram, you told me we didn't really kill the Jabberwock. Does that mean it's still here? Oh, technically speaking, its energies are still within the first world, and they probably return to this place. I wouldn't worry about it, though. If anything, there'll be a faint mist and an aura here. Nothing that's likely to trouble us unless we stick unless we stick around for ten years or so. All right. Well, nonetheless, let's go through as fast as we can. Yeah. I don't imagine there'll be anything else in the Jabberwock bit. That seems like a good place for everyone else to stay away from. Okay. So. Wait, do these instructions say how to go, what you do once you've passed the Jabberwock? How the bloody hell did, Z- did Zadiger get past the Jabberwock in the first place? Um, when you check these ones, um, they merely say, walk away, beware the Jabberwock, my son. Yeah. Alright, so... Um, so you can just... Walk, so if you're following his instructions... You just turn around and you walk back out, but it doesn't take you back to where you came from because reality doesn't work like that here. Yeah. So where do so uh, he saw there was a Jabberwock and then he left and that took him somewhere else. Yeah, in Zadiger's story, he sees the Jabberwock at a distance and then just wanders on by. Like it's a fairly casual, uneventful encounter. Yeah. Uh, because the crow that stole his spoon does not go anywhere near the Jabberwock. Yeah, because the crow that stole his spoon isn't entirely daft. So you can go poking around the, the Jabberwock's folly if you so desire. Um, Tristan is guessing that that hill up there, he says, that must be the way, the mud that stands between the first world and this one. 
I'm, and the, sorry, the first world in the outer darkness. I'm guessing nothing else lives there. And um, I'd really prefer not to go poking around it. If we check everywhere else and we can't find some of the things we're looking for, then I guess we could check here. But let's, for now, let's move on. Let, let's move on. Okay, what Tristan will probably do is go forward just past the sign slightly and go forward 30, 40 paces to the first yeah. statue. Um, which... Seems to be of some sort of vaguely hooked draconic style beast, but with long, with a longer, more elongated neck and long spines that, based on the exceedingly finely made statue, appear to be made of thorns and brambles rather than actual scale. Looks vaguely like so, if you're interested. Right, yep. Um... And as he brushes aside the excessive amounts of moss and growth on the statue, the placard down the bottom the, the placard down the bottom says a life of those in the first world given to check, give, given to drive back the outer darkness, lest we forget. Oh. Alright, maybe we should all right, let's have a li- let's have a very cautious little poke around and see what the rest of them are. Then the next statue says exactly the same message, word yeah. for word, it is of a completely different creature that looks like something that is pretty close, but not quite a nymph. It is a nymph that is about seven or eight feet tall, more elongated. The mm-hmm. versions you're used to tend to be shorter. The exact same message, and you can see looking through here that there are thousands of these statues here. This is a big, big grove. The other thing you will find is lots of bodies that look like people. Yeah. Ske- old skeletons and things like that. Um, some of them have been burned apart. Some of them have been ripped apart. And many of them appear to have died from self-inflicted damage. Or there's two skeletons standing there with swords jammed yeah. through each other and things like that. These are all the people that have come to slay the Jabberwock. Yeah. So, I don't know how um, far into this you want to go. That's probably far enough. We take a bit more of a look at the statues. You you check sort of four or five statues and find they are all different creatures of the first world. This is some sort of memorial graveyard of all the stuff that died fighting off the outer darkness. Tristram, if we stabilize the portal and this place comes back to our world, does that mean when the Jabberwocky reforms it'll show up here? Hmm, it's a good question. I shouldn't think so. The, the, once the magic of the first world is removed from this place, we'll still be left with a pile of statues in a hill, but the wave, the mud itself, will be nothing more than mud and dirt. The energies of the first world will remain here. That's sort of the point. If not, it would it, it would have no meaning. It would be like us digging it up shovel by shovel and moving it. We couldn't take the energies with us. So it'll reform somewhere else in the first world at that point? I would imagine so, yes. Good. Marvelous. We might um, do something with this garden at that point, then. Um, we could um, conceivably clean it. At some stage, we could conceivably clean it up and make it someplace people can actually go and see. I think that would be well worth doing. So the sacrifice, the sacrifice isn't forgotten. I am thinking if this was all clean, all this 
stuff was cleaned off them and it was a place that people could actually go as opposed to a place where a Jabberwock lived. Yeah. It might well be of interest to historians and that get it more widely known by folk. Yeah, it was it was obviously once a beautiful and huge monument garden, but it is now long, long, long neglected. Yeah, but we could put it back together. That said, it does seem to be in remarkably good conditions. Like these statues are not decayed or broken at all, they're yeah. nearly overgrown with moss, as yeah. if the plants have grown but the statues themselves are ageless, like everything else here. Yeah, no, this is, um, that's another thing that I'm looking forward to having in the kingdom. As long as we don't get the Jabberwock as well. And then we turn and walk back down the path as though we don't want to make a Jabberwock. Yep, and that is the folly. Yep. And takes you past the Jabberwock to number 10. A little bit more time, I've just rolled these all in advance this time. Yep. Here, as you head down the path, um, everything looks normal. You are heading down this lovely path, just riding gently into the snow, just riding gently into the forest, and with no warning at all, between one hoof step and the next, snow is falling on you. Ah, if you yeah, have just crossed some invisible barrier you couldn't see. That's the, um, there's the frost giant guy. Um, And this is again a large one, although nowhere near the size of the Jabberwock's folly. Um, what you have here is snow is falling steadily and thickly. It is cold here. As soon as you come into it, you begin shivering. Yeah. And what you can see off in the distance is the ground is completely covered in snow. There appears to be a chunk of frozen river running across here. And... There are huge, sort of ten-foot-tall stones rising out, completely covered by snow. And what looks like an old tower leaning somewhat slightly sideways against several of the branches of tree, several of the trees that are growing out from one corner of the glade. And that is what you see within sort of a, a minute or so into it. So we stop at this point and change into our cold weather gear. Yep. Because we have cold weather gear. Yeah. Or indeed, just like ride slightly backwards where it's yeah. warm, then change into cold weather gear. That's the plan, yes, because that'll be more comfortable for getting partially undressed. It won't protect us against the extreme cold, but it'll help with just the general cold of the place. And, um, Kalen will get out and set on his belt ready to drink his potion of resist cold. Yep. Alright, if we can defeat this fellow, then um, that will give us enough pieces of the first world to bring um, someone else in with us. Well then, let's see what we can do. So the ground here is looks awful from up on horseback. It is slippery, it is icy, and it is covered in snow. It is all difficult terrain. The horses have no difficulty with it whatsoever. They can cross this without the slightest dilemma. Yep. Um, but it is freezing ass cold, and you are looking, presumably what you are looking for is any sort of monument house giant. Yes. Um, and Ergo, you need to give me either a search or a survival check. As you've got Tristan here. 
Yes, search seems like the logical one. I'll try and make an aid to him. I make my aid check. Cool. So at that point, about 20 minutes pass before you come across anything of significant note. Um, at which point, uh, you need to give me two fortitude saves and a plus two bonus for your cold weather gear against the cold of the, ex- yep. against the extreme cold background. Yep. I don't think endurance helps me with temperature things. I think it's, um, staying up and, uh, I'll have a look, see. I certainly wouldn't be surprised. Um, uh, fortitude save is made to avoid damage from hot or cold environments. Cool. So is that another plus four? Yes, it is. Cool. Actually, I think I'll make this slightly different and call for four fortitude saves. Forty-one. Cool. Thirty-one. Next one. Twenty-nine. Next one. Thirty-six. Cool. Okay, so it is not just cold here, it is extremely cold, well below freezing. Yep. Um, and Kaylin is feeling it, but you are a hardy, hardy half-orc. Yep. So while you are cold, it is not doing anything to you. Um, that said, you rapidly realise about a minute or two into this that your full plate is freezing. Yeah. It is actually freezing onto you. Yeah. And thus you have the choice of taking off your um, metallic armor. Yeah. Or continuing to wear it and suck cold damage off that. I suck cold damage off that. I am not taking off the armor. Talking Arctic conditions. Yeah, yeah, I figured this is kind of potentially crowded world style stuff. Uh, can you take 22 points of cold damage? Yep. This is coming in slower increments, so if you are drinking the potion of resist cold. D- no, I'm saving that. Because yeah. I want to do that when I see him. Tristan, on the other hand, says it. <laughs> Very c- cold in here. Um, and upon realizing that his armor is also going to freeze him because he's wearing mithril chain, yeah. he is going to take it off. Yeah, that's fine. Because he can see that he's about to fail four fortitude saves in a row against Carl. Would he like to borrow my studded leather armor? Sure. Um, it's plus one. So it will resize to fit him, um, and it's um, considerably, considerably less metal. It goes down a little bit armor class. Yeah, it's a lot better than not wearing armor, and um, because it has metal studs, its um, contribution to his fortitude save is much, much, much less than something that's entirely made of metal. Um, Kaelin's going to um, drink a potion of cure moderate along the way to um, counteract some of the damage that he's taking. Yeah. 
Should I say a potion of cure water? I made two potions of cure water. Shiver and shake violently, fails all four fortitude saves and takes 64 points of cold damage. Yikes. Um, this is over 20 minutes, so he's certainly not going to die from it. He's got plenty of time to do stuff about it. Yeah. Um, but as he doesn't have any capacity to resist it on the two he's getting, um, but he has tanked all four of his fortitude saves in a row. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not his only decent role was the last one, which is also the hardest DC. Yeah, I'm not particularly surprised. Uh, the horses do not seem affected by this in cool. fashion. Um, they are incapable of taking environmental damage. Um, it's effectively area effects to yeah. kill them, or, or attacks directly targeted. Yeah. Um, so, at that point... Uh, Tristan is going to start casting some healing spells on himself. Yeah, yes, that sounds like a plan. If he's too incapacitated to fight, we can just get out of here and I can try and come back with someone else. But yeah, I mean, getting getting out is going to be a lot easier than getting in. Yeah. Because you're not just running to the furthest point you can find. You're yeah. searching the place, looking for things. You're yeah. weaving a grid pattern as you go through. Yeah. Um, but if he thinks he can... Um, can sustain it, I'd rather have a go at some taking him out. Yeah, he's just gonna burn a crap load of spells doing this. Yeah. On healing. Yeah, but um, he doesn't have to save resources for other things, because his Amulet of the Plains isn't a spell, he can just activate it. Once he's done this, we're getting out of here. Alright, and he will cast two cure criticals on himself. Yep. And go back up 60 points. Good for him. As he sort of walks like this. No, I, I, I can, I can <laughs> handle this. I need to warm, think warm thoughts, think warm thoughts. <laughs> and at that, uh, you come close enough for something to actually be happening. Um, are you particularly stealthy here or are you reasonably obvious? I think on the whole we're probably obvious because we need to find this guy. Like, if we stay out here and he doesn't see us, we'll freeze to death. Sure. So um, the the time is not on our side. At that point, give me a spot check to see if you see him. It's similar times to he sees you. Yeah. Uh, opposed by his epic stealth, you may be snuck up on by another mammoth here, of nine. I got ten. Yeah! I can spot a woolly mammoth or a frost giant standing over me. So at that, you realize one of the mounds of blue ice and snow you can see in the distance is actually a huge frost giant. Yeah. Um, he has four arms. Yeah. Can you see him? Yep. And skulls around, making a belt around his be- around his waist, and 
It looks like he is out here. It looks like he was out here digging. There's a huge shovel that he plants into the ground as he looks around and starts to see and hear something. Um, at that point, he looks across at you, sees you as well because you're not hiding. Yep. Which, I have to say, he would see you anyway. Yeah, yeah. His perception versus your stealth. Um, and bellows out you. Kaelin, king of Stagthorn. <laughs> the axes start coming out. Your, your subjects killed mine. Now that, and that means war. And he starts to step towards you. And this is just immediately going into initiative because he is straight off the bat coming to kill your ass. Awesome. Five. Okay, Caitlin beats Gustard in initiative, which is great. And Tristan on 23. Cool, and Tristan beats everybody on initiative. Do I need to add anyone else to the field? You do not. Cool. Just me, Tristan, and the Frost Giant. Yeah, this should be a fairly straightforward one. Yeah. He glares at you as he starts wrenching out a bunch of axes. At extraordinary speed, you recognize a fellow quick drawer. Yeah. <laughs> as he pulls out four axes. Yeah. And glares at you. And what we might want to do is just put the board on there for a uh, uh, placement thing. Separator. Yeah. Absolutely. Field. A giant frost troll. Tristram. And a, and a whiteboard pen, please. Sure. He is 200 feet away from you at the point where he starts reacting. Okay. <laughs> um, that said, your phantom horse has a movement speed of 240 foot per round. Oh, that's very impressive. Um, so, <laughs> distance. Not really the problem, you might think. Yeah. Although it depends on um, what I want to do. Yes, yes, indeed. But your um, your horse provides you with an extraordinary movement. I believe it's about that. It's certainly um, huggingly ridiculous. I thought it was 120 feet, but I may be off the... It, it may be that was the old... The lower level uh, Tristram horse. It has a speed of 20 foot per caster level to a maximum of 240. Oh, right. Uh, so 20 times 16 is 320. So, yes, it has a maximum of 240 foot movement speed. <laughs> okay, yep. Uh, and it is totally unencumbered by the terrain. Yeah. Yes, because um, presumably the ground is icy and things underfoot. And Absolutely. This whole area is solid, is, is snow up to about your knees, and beneath that just solid ice. Yeah. So the entire thing is difficult terrain and the sort of thing you're going to struggle to stand on. Yeah. That said, it probably wouldn't surprise you to learn that Castard is, of course, totally immune to the cold. Yeah. And seems to have no difficulties in crossing the ice. Yeah. Yes. Unless I'm um, very short on giant weapons, although if he counts as a fey, I'm um, really loaded for bear. Uh, Tristan yes. will be able to tell you as he looks at him. And rolls yet another natural 20. Good old Tristan. His knowledge nature, giving him now a nice comfortable 48. Um, uh, 
Although I am getting spoiled, wanting to be able to bang everything. And Tristan looks at him and calls out, calls out to you. I don't think there's necessarily too much of the first world in him. I don't know that he'll count as a fae. I'd be careful though. Most frost giants don't have four arms and he looks like he's extraordinarily dexterous, able to throw those axes quite far. Uh, so his tricks from the first world that he has is he's a giant. He's big, yeah. he's strong. Yeah. Um, this is also something Kalen would recognize as well as Tristan. He looks like he is very fierce and trained in certain styles of berserker combat, i.e. barbarian levels. Yeah. Um, and secondarily, his fey tricks that he has for being the unique first world mutant that he is. He's got four arms, yeah. so twice as many attacks. Yeah. And he can huck his axes substantively further than you might think. Yeah. Because their standard range is 20 foot. Yeah. Cool. Um, so it might be 30 foot, but either way, he, he has yeah. tricks and feats and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. All fine. And so that's pretty, and, and other than that, what Tristan explains to you is pretty much what you'd expect. It's a giant. It's yep. big, it's strong. Yep. It can, it can throw icy boulders at you, although given he has and four hand axes, yeah, he and he has t- truckloads more of them all yeah. around his belt. Yeah, he's down wearing here with 40 hand axes. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, none of the rest of it should be particularly mar- remarkable, except that Tristan thinks he is unusually quick for a giant. He has a very high dexterity relative to being a giant. Yeah. And, um, oh, okay, and it is Tristram's turn. Kaelin yep. will have an answer for Kistad on his turn. Okay, so... Uh, yeah. Tristan's... Oh, I can't Rides forward to his first range increment. Uh, let me just check. It's been a while since I played um, Tristan with his archery tricks. I imagine he's deactivated the cold on his um, bow. Although if it's ju- he's just immune to it, as long as it doesn't heal him, it's not a problem. Well, if cold heals him, you've got a serious problem because he'll oh, be yeah. taking cold damage every round. Oh yeah, yeah, true. Hmm? Uh, no, use its action to move. That's right. So he will ride forward um, to where he is, one hundred and twenty feet away from Kastard. Yep. Um, at the first range increment for his distance short bow. Yeah. And he, yeah, Mudstrider, yeah, rides the horse forward and then lets fly with a volley of short bow arrows. Yep. And given that he's catching Custard flat footed at this point, and that's as good as he's going to get, he will rapid shot him. Yep. First one is a complete miss, second one is a hit. Third one is a hit. Fourth one is a crit threat. Uh, that confirms, oddly enough. Woohoo! Um, so, unsurprisingly, the arrows bounce into him and the frost effect on them does nothing. Yeah. He does not appear to be healed by the cold in any fashion, he's just completely immune to it. Sweet. 
Uh, Tristan strikes him with two hits and a crit. Good for Tristan. Do the crit first. And the frost does nothing, and the arrows seem to be very slightly blunted when they hit his skin, as if he has an incredibly small amount of DR. Yep. The arrows are not penetrating. Probably barbarian, barbarian DR. It's, it's pathetic. But, yep. um, but it's better than nothing. It does mean he's taken three less damage from those shots. Yep. Okay. Oh, no. My apologies. Uh... Actually, that is substantively less effective than it looks at first glance. Uh, the third arrow is arcing towards Castard's throat. He's just starting to move into action. He shouldn't be prepared for this. And then he moves with quick speed, and the crit does not confirm. The arrow merely hooks him near the side of the throat instead of in it. Ah. As if he has some sort of improved uncanny dodge thing that prevents him from being, being rendered flat Which means that Christram can't crit... It's not that he's immune to crits, but Tristram didn't crit It's that his AC is too so, Because he's not flat-footed. Correct. Cool. Alright. Um, Kaelin will um, draw um, draw his um, draw his potion of um, resist cold and skelet yep. um, for his actions. Yep. Uh, so he has got resist cold 30 up. He will... Um, Quick draw onslaught, the um Clockwork King's reconfigurable Thaybane Lance. Yep. And um gallop his imaginary horse um a hundred foot to a hundred foot. Yep. So um wanna put this at a hundred. Yep. Because no one is two hundred foot back. Just just in front of Tristram. Uh, and he calls out uh, you invaded, you invaded my, you and your subjects invaded my a kingdom and tried to slaughter my people. Well, war it is. <laughs> the Lady Titania offered you peace. It would not be my inclination, but I am her loyal subject. So I will do as she bids. I will give you peace. The peace of this frozen graveyard for eternity. Flick, 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 flick. And suddenly there are a string of whistling hand axes flying through the air as he just chucks them a hundred feet towards you. Yep. Um, you are very slightly out of his range here, so he takes a penalty to hit with them. Yay! <laughs> but it looks like he has a fairly hofty um, yep. range of fucking things. Uh, so... What's the AC he's rolling at? Uh, 34, since I got the lance out. Okay, whack, whack. Whack. Um, two of them glance off your hefty armour. Excellent. Um, because that's the joy of still wearing your full plate. Yep. Um, one of them flies just a little short, and looks like it would have been a good blow if not for the range. Yep. And one of them goes wang and sticks in your shoulder. Yep. And then Kistar just draws four more of them. Yep. And steps a mighty five foot towards you. Yep. Uh, 
damage point. Have a hand axe for 27 damage. Yep. Alright, so... And none of that is cold, I presume. Uh, no, it is simply a cold iron hand axe. Yeah. My apologies, I'm giving you far too much damage on that. That's just double-handed hitting thing. Uh, 15 damage. Cool. Alright, so... He also seems to step extraordinarily quickly and takes a 10 foot step instead of a 5 foot step. Sure, no problem. And then we are back to you guys. Yes, Tristram is now at 110. I wonder if we want to do this is his distance from Kaelin, and this is Tristram's distance from Kaelin. Sure, that's certainly what it seems. So um, he's 90 foot away from Kaelin, and Tristram is. Um, 20 foot further back. Tristan will begin to sing. I've heard about what you did outside outside Thornwatch, Castard. What your children did. Cameron's right. You've brought this fight to us. If you go to war, you have to expect there'll be consequences. And he begins to sing some sort of ancient giant war ballad. Awesome. About the price of war. And... Kaelin feels greatly inspired by this. Uh, have... What's your constitution modifier? Uh, plus four. So, eight. Uh, gain 19 hit points. Cool. A plus two confidence bonus on attack. The fortitude save will be irrelevant. Yep. For the most part. Woohoo, he's inspiring greatness. He's inspiring greatness. And then he bolts his horse back. Um, another 120 foot. Cool. Alright, so that puts him 140. 140 behind Caleb. And it doesn't matter where he is relative to you as long as you can hear him singing. Yeah. Okay, and then it's Kaelin. Oh, actually, no. Apologies, Inspired Greatness is a 30-foot effect. Uh, well, he's within 30-foot of me now. Yes, yes, but aren't you immediately going to um, ride away? Uh, well, yeah, I was planning to um, potentially um, try lancing the start in the face. As long as the... Okay, no, that's fine, as long as he's near you when he starts. Yep, cool. Cool. So All right. he inspires Greatness and then he rides away. Yep. Now, I... I believe that because I have... Um, he also inspires greatness in himself, whatever that's worth. Awesome. Um, I um, Well, the temporary hit points will be useful. Um, I have Ride by Attack and Spirited Charge. Yep. Um, I believe I can um, ride up to Kastar, do a full attack on him and ride away. Absolutely. Cool. So... Because he's 90 feet away, I am going to gallop up to him and then ride back to where I am in a big sort of arcing thing. No problem. In fact, I'm going to ride slightly further back to 100 foot back because I have enough movement to do it. And you do not provoke an attack of opportunity from him. Because I have ride by attack. Yep. So you sprint forward towards him, spear him with a lance, and then ride away. Yep, and then I make um, three attacks with the lance. Alright. 
not power attacking at this stage, so that is a... Uh, I don't believe you can full attack him. Because ride by attack is when you're mounted and use a charge action. Oh, right, so I need to... Yeah, I don't want to use a charge anyway. Okay, so I'm making a single giant charge attack. You can still run in and um, loop around him and run away again while charging. You just can't full attack him. Because it's basically you plant a lance, you jam, run at full speed and jam it into him as fast as you can, and then you gallop away. Yeah, so that's... um, Right, but that gives me another plus two to my first... to my attack. So, um... Actually, given that... No, I rolled the dice. That's right. Um, so, 32 um, plus 4 is 36. Yep. You easily spear him. Yep. He is wearing some sort of heavy hide armor, but not giant size, but nonetheless. Yep. Alas, I um, don't get to... Um, I don't get to crit him, because... Um, that's what I really want to do because yeah. I've got spirited charge, but it is um, times three on charge nonetheless. Power attack him with double damage and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. Next time I'll power attack him, but um, I didn't declare it before I made the attack. And he's not Fey, so this doesn't um, the Fey Bane doesn't kick in. Yep. All right. So. All right. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that works. Alright. Oh, my. Okay, yeah, of course, that much damage times three. <laughs> it's gonna be all kinda ugly. Uh, this does, doesn't Tristan give does not add damage to you. Yes, because fire courage. Because that's the. This is a. If figured the hit points might be more useful. Absolutely. But, uh, if it, no one you were going to charge, you might have done courage, but such was life. Yeah, I like um, greatness. It's an exciting thing to bring to the table. Okay, so. Cal needs a calculator to work out his damage. 54 points of damage. Cool. But he gets his DR1 against it. Yep. Toads. Alright, because Tardis is inconvenienced by this. Gallop, 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 schwang, gallop, 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 gallop. If I'm, go- if I'm going to ride a magic horse, I might as well get the magic horse benefit. God, I'm glad I said yes, we're having magic horses. Although, honestly, we would have um, put them on before we walked through the ice valley anyway. Alright, is, um, is your intent to just keep doing that? Uh, it depends on what he does. Yeah, yeah, fair. No, I'm thinking from Tristan's point of view, not from his point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, c- certainly the, uh, certainly the la- given that I've got an incredibly fast horse and that his full attack will probably be more brutal even though he's a great hand axe thrower, you know, he can presumably also do a... Yeah, I mean, you, armed, full you imagine he's got horrific amounts of strength. Yeah, so, um, given that, uh, I mean, I could do a lot more damage in melee, but so could he, and yep. I feel like this doesn't advantage him as much as it advantages me, so yeah, I'm pretty good with that. Yeah, that's fine. So, um, there isn't really orc he can do about this, because he can run towards you as fast as he can, but he's a reasonably bright guy, so it's going to be apparent he can't keep up with your horses. Yeah. So he put ten foot steps towards you and lets fly with a volley of hand axes. Yeah. At which point you're presumably going to do the same thing again and just ride a bit further away from him. Yeah. So I won't bother adjusting the counter. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, it comes up and comes down, but he gets the benefit of being ten foot closer for his attack if that reduces his range increments. It does not. He's and not because I charged, he's time. now looking for a thirty-two to hit. Um, like you can stay a hundred feet away from him and kite him reasonably easily. Yeah. Um, 
So he roars as you stab him. Ah! So you wish to joust me? I do not play games with horses, play king. I fight and I kill. And raises his hands to the air and rages. Yep. Dropping his AC a bit more. That's thoughtful of him. And then hurls some very strongly thrown hand axes at your skull again. Yep. Uh, so 32, did you say? Yes. Miss, miss, hit, hit. Yep. Slightly easier target now. You've got no DR I need to worry about chopping no. these up for, do I? No. Eight. It's 22. It's 30 points of damage. Yep. Alright. Wang, wang. Hand axes catch you. Yep, so all the temporary hit points are gone. And then I take 11 points of regular damage. Tristan looks at what you are doing, uh, sees this plan, likes this plan, and says, "That's the spirit, Kalen. Keep it up. I know he can't. Su- you killed the Jabberwocky. I know he can't sustain this longer than you can." <laughs> uh, and he will sing, "Inspire Courage." Yep. Which adds over your greatness, because they are different bonuses. Oh, wow. So now you're at five to attack and the three damage. Sweet. The bonus hit points do not come back again. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, I used them already, so... And the, the greatness will go away after a few rounds now that he started doing a different song. Yeah. Um, and given that he has no compelling desire to be hit in the face with axes... Uh, can, can he cast a spell and change and sing a different song? Uh, he's up to sufficient bard levels that it's a move action to, to bardic perform now. Oh wow, okay, awesome. Uh, that said, there's not a lot of point in him casting invisibility because um, Castard- the horse will still be visible. Yes, very true. Uh, the plus side for him is that Castard isn't going to hit him with a bunch of axes. Yeah. Castard will still know where he is. He will get a 50% mischance off it. On the other hand, he's so far away at this point. Yeah, I mean, Castard's... Uh, and I mean, I think Castard understands that while Tristram is definitely a dangerous opponent, it's going to take Tristram a lot longer to kill him and him a lot less time to kill Tristram, taking me down as the smart play. Okay, let me... Check what Mr. High Level Bard here can do with this shit. He could make himself and the horse invisible for two two actions. He could, yeah, but yeah. what's what's the percentage? And Tristan calls out, I may not be a strong warrior like you, but I can do all kinds of things. Throws his hand out, and reality seems to just flicker around him. And where something was not a moment ago, suddenly something is. A ball of fire explodes around Castard as he casts Shadow Evocation and throws a fireball at him. Oh, awesome! Yeah, I can see why it's a great bard spell. Castard uh, makes a will save to see if this does 20% of its damage. Yep. With his famous giant-sized will save, which actually isn't bad. Yeah, I mean, Frost Giants aren't dumb smucks like Hill Giants. Okay, so he will make his will save on that. Yeah. 
You think I do not recognize an illusion? This fire cannot burn me. <laughs> As it burns him a bit anyway. Yeah, because it does some of the damage. It does 20% of its damage even if he recognizes it is an illusion. Right, what happens if he doesn't recognize it's an illusion? Then it's a proper fireball. Oh, awesome. Uh, what it is, it's a 5th level spell slot that duplicates any evocation spell of 4th or lower. Yeah. But if it does damage, then he... Um, he gets a will save to recognize it's not real. And if he accepts it's real, he takes the damage. With his amazing fifth little spell slot, does Castard five points of damage. Yeah, okay. The fire is real enough to deal him extra damage, because he is, of course, vulnerable to fire. Yeah. But he's also um, given Kalen two separate buffs in two rounds. Yeah, yeah. If he Not had... to mention that Kalen's entire strategy relies on the magic horse thing. If he had crappier, um... If he had... If Castard had crappier will saves, it would work a lot better. Yeah. Because then it's proper 10d6 fireball. Yeah. Alright, and then Kaelin goes dun, 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 and charges again. His AC just remains at the minus two. Yep. Um, okay, he has a plus seven to attack. Um, and feels pretty good about his chances of hitting. He is going to um, power attack for five points. Sure. Sounds like a wise plan against o- Mr. Obaga hit points there. Okay, alas, that is not a critical. Yep. Which is a shame. It is, however, extremely likely to hit um, more than 40. Yeah, because Stard's AC is only going down a lot. Yeah, because he's a barbarian. Yeah. Of course, he's um, now got masses more hit points, which is great, because he was a frost giant, so he was really short on those before. However... He's only adding 228 hit points from his con. But the power attack gets times threed on a lance, doesn't it? Yes, yes, it does. Cool. So... You are tripling everything, including the Inspire Courage and the Power Attack. Cool. All right. So to begin with, it would it would be sixteen, but then I add ten because I'm power attacking a two-handed weapon. Then I add the damage buff, from, which is a plus three. Yeah. Then I multiply all of that by three. Sure. Uh, eighty-seven. Eighty-six. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Eighty-six. His, his mighty DR one will save him. Yeah. Okay, I, I like Tristram was right. This is a great plan, and I, and I feel good about it. And then he backs up to um, more difficult to throw hand axe this range. Yep. And then of course Kistar can skip forward into slightly. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yep. Come here, you worm. He is not prepared to chase you. Like he could run full out and catch you. Yeah. But that doesn't really help him because you'll just ride away. Yeah. <laughs> He's much better hucking his millions of hand axes at you, so miss. Uh, hit, hit, and crit for it. Oh crap. And failure to confirm. Yay! Which is good because it's triple. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't want to be critted with a giant hand axe. That's the thing that I don't want. I'm not particularly wild about intending to be three of them either. Forty-two damage. Yep. Um, rolled poorly on several of his dices. On the other hand, um, Kaelin definitely is looking like he can't do this indefinitely. Yep. 
Um, he is um, not quite bloodied, but he is very close to bloodied. Yep. And Tristan's song changes again. All of this in giant, so yeah. whether Caitlin understands it or not. I think you actually do speak giant. I do not speak giant. Right. Um, but I think it's really, in, I think it would sound amazing, and that's largely what Caitlin's going for. Nonetheless, it speaks to you as the trees themselves seem to sway and dance to the music, the first world coming alive around Tristan. Yeah. As he will now change and spend his full round inspiring heroics. Uh, your AC goes up by four, and all your saving throws go up by four. Oh, that's fabulous. Okay, so if I charge again, I'm at a plus two. Yep, that one he's obliged to spend a full round doing to activate. Yep, but but it's but it's amazing. Well, because the AC is going to be the most useful thing to you. Yeah, yeah. Just, talk about the high. What can a high level bard do? I can sing. Yep. Alrighty, and Kaylin will make another um, will make another charge, uh, single attack on Kastard. Yep. And will um. Again, power attack for five. I want the plus two charging bonus because it's really important that this hits. <laughs> Which it will. Yep. <laughs> I'm rolling really well, but always that nagging slightly below the critical. Well, you can't fuck it up and roll ones anymore, so... You know, uh, that's true. But, you know, I, I can't imagine I'll hit him on a two... I don't know. Yeah, You've got a lot of bonuses there. Yeah, there is that. Alright, um, and then another 10 for the power attack, and then another f- um, 3 for the damage. 6 times 3, and a uh, meager 78 points of damage this time. Admittedly, if you're power attacking as well, yeah. then it's possible you'll mess on a 2, but that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm power attacking away my bard bonuses. Okay, so at that point he shoots past bloodied. Yep. Um, and Kastan becomes angry. Because <laughs> before he was only mildly peeved. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, and then I'll uh, back to him again. Yep. I will die for my queen's kingdom if I need to, but I will take you with me. (laughs) Pile of axes to the head. Uh, He's looking for a 36 now. Miss, miss, crit threat, crit threat. Oof. Uh, 36... Will fail to confirm on both of them. A great round to do the AC buff, Tristram! As Caelan feels heroic and dodges them. Yeah. You've had two hand axe crits. Two triple crits. It would be the end of Nine, me. Um, plus. Eight. Eight. Uh, it's 31 damage. Yep. And Caelan is now well past. Is um, not about to drop, but he is well plus bloody. Thirty nine, did you say? Yep. Yep. Well, well past bloody. Yep. At which point, uh, Tristan ceases inspiring heroics as well. Yep. Which now starts its countdown clock. Yep. And then countdown strider <laughs> rushes towards you. <laughs> 
which of these is better? Probably that one, given how many shots he's throwing. Uh, Let's see what you can do with this and cast greater invisibility on you. Oh, sweet! point out that um, this is not as helpful as you might think because Castard cannot be made flat-footed by this. He has improved Uncanny Dodge. He is yeah. quick enough that he, particularly because he will see the horse running towards him, yeah. that you get no advantage to this, but now you're on a 50% mischance. Which means every hand axe he has to beat my AC and the 50% mischance. Correct. And it doesn't go away when I um, attack him. Correct. <laughs> But I'm sure Kastad just routinely carries around some kind of invisibility-destroying tactic. And Tristan is now right next to you. Yep. And that is him. <laughs> that is so great. That might be the greatest thing that has ever happened to anybody ever. He figures he's going to get further with that than um, another Shadow Evocation. Yep. Wasting fifth-level spell slots to do pitiful damage is um, not a good move. Yep. Okay, and then we're back to you. Yep, okay, so Caleb, invisible, yep. gallops towards um, Castard, who knows perfectly well this is happening, because he can hear Caleb coming and see yep. the horse The coming. brave horse rides forward. Yep. It's going to solo him, much like that girl beating the cross troll to death yep. in her ha- handbag. Yep. Denizens of the first world are less impressive than they may appear in the mirror. <laughs> Alright, and um, Kaelin will... Um, I've still got the plus two to my AC. Correct. Awesome. I will again um, power attack for the five points. Yeah, you would normally derive bonuses to hit him, but yeah. you don't because um, he's got a proton can he dodge. Actually, I'm going to power attack for the full seven points. Sure. Alright, and here we go. Let's see if it still hits even though I rolled a two. I'm, I'm thinking yes. Well, if it doesn't, I'm going to use a fate point. Yeah. I can't afford to miss one of these. Alright, so... Pixie Blessings! Pixie Blessings! Yeah, it'll be the Pixie Blessings. Alright, um, so that's a 22. Um, don't have any bonuses from attack, so it's just the regular 22. Um, and... Yes, yeah, so it does a 22 hit. It does not. Cool. So I am going to draw out six fake points and re-roll that. Yep. How many does Tristram have? Three. Cool. Oh, oh, oh. Get Tristram's card. Oh, and he gets mine. Great. Yeah. And his. Oh, great. Sweet. That's good. Alright. Um, and Kaelin will discard this con card for a reroll at plus two. As um, it seems like he's going to miss, but he gets some odd fey luck, almost yeah. like some pixies have recently helped him. Yeah, the horse who cannot slip actually slips yeah. on the ice, and the lance bloodily impales itself into his face. Another, um, yeah. so 29. Yeah, you're not missing by much, so if you yeah. roll anywhere near higher on the dice, wham. Yeah. So, um, can I ever just grab an eraser and um, erase my extra pixie, pixie blessing, um... Here a point to go back down to five. Alright. Okay, I hit him, so that's the Okay, so five plus five plus fourteen 
plus three from the bard bonuses times three. Uh, eighty-one. Uh, <laughs> only eighty. <laughs> yeah, only eighty. Uh, and then he can throw four hand axes at the invisible guy. Kastard staggers <laughs> under that one. <laughs> he is wearing Kalen down pretty badly, but um, Tristram making him invisible. Tristram is definitely the problem here. <laughs> and Tristram only has 13 uses of bardic um, music left for the day. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm starting to see why high level, what high level bards are for. This this is the thing, like, um, with him and Bryn stunning fists, I barely even bother to track them, unless I think it's going to be a particularly long day, yeah. because uh, she has something like 12 uses of stunning fist a day, yeah. and he has 16 bar of music. Yeah, I know some of this is going to um, wear out soon, but, um, you know, it's, it's certainly done its money. At the end of the next round, the, the Inspire Greatness wears off. Yeah. Uh, Stan looks at this looks at you on the horse, realises he can't see you, isn't a fool. <sighs> Quiet, spell singer! <sighs> yeah, and yeah. hurls all the axes at Tristan. Yeah, I thought, I thought that might happen. Yeah, so did Tristan. Yeah. But, um... but we've got enough hero points we can prevent him from dying. <laughs> okay. Which is not an irrelevant How hard can this bucket hit? So Tristan's AC is down. So... Wang, 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 all four of them hit him. Yeah. With his reduced AC, because he's had to take his armor off for the cold. Yeah. Remembering it's he's wearing mine. Yes, yes. But, but it's still... But it reduces it by the critical two points. Yeah. Which means that Kassad's low roll still hits him, and all the rest we're going to anyway. Yeah. Um, Tristan takes 62 points of damage and staggers. Yeah. He is still... still he is bloody, but he's still well up. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, it, it just... The, 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 um, Kaelin's going to tell him how impressed he is after this fight. <laughs> All right. And that's Kastard. Kastard brutally wounds Tristram. Yep. And Tristan says... Well, I think you've got this owl under control now. Yeah. <laughs> Casts invisibility and he vanishes. Yeah. And then his horse goes dig it and dig it and 240 foot that way. Yeah. There we go. Gassard <laughs> will doubtless be thrilled to hear that he'll be back in two rounds having healed himself. <laughs> Kastard actually can't hit him from that range. Yeah. That he's more than four range increments out, so even taking the massive penalties. Yeah. Uh, and that's Tristan's turn. Yep. And it's Team Kaelin. Yep. You are still deriving all of his buffs for the buffet. Yep. Alright, um, Kaelin's going to drop back down to the five-point power attack. Uh, yeah, Kastan looks very badly hurt here. You're pretty sure if you hit him, that's probably all she wrote. Particularly if you hit him with with a tiny amount of power attack. Yep. So I'll drop it to the five-point power attack. And, um... Hit him. Splat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to add that up. He's got 20 hit points. Yeah, I do. I do. You're, you're dealing, I can tell, 9 alone from the Inspire Courage. Yeah. <laughs> Plus whatever else you actually add from your very... Yeah, I, I, I'm going to roll with just to see if I... Yeah, it's a relatively low hit. So um, it's like um, 
Omega 14 times 3. Yep. <laughs> and um, Kalem will spear him, invisibly spear him through the throat. <laughs> you fought well. I die. For my queen. And collapses sideways, dropping his hand axe. Yeah. And Kaelin will um, salute him with the lads, and then just kind of hang on his saddle going, huh, huh, huh. Gustard falls, horribly deadified. Um, Tristan sort of shivers. Uh, you need to make me another fortitude save versus the cold at this point. Yep. And Tristan at this point will begin singing again. Uh, I'm not sure if he can inspire heroics in himself. Uh, himself for a willing ally, yes, so he will sing to himself and add four to his fortitude save. Sure. Um, I rolled extremely poorly and get a 21 plus my 6 is a 27. Careful. Save. Yeah. You may feel a mighty three points of cold damage. My resist cold negates it. Yeah. <laughs> and Tristan will actually pass this fortitude save on a 26. Yeah. Um, sorry. Plus his thing on a 30. Yeah. Um, that's what I was thinking of. And begins to shiver. And this is functionally... Um, what I'm doing is you make a save versus cold every minute, except I'm boiling it down to less of them and doing sort of every five minutes or so. Yeah. But at this stage, we're dropping to the time where I'll do that's a minute's worth of combat and clean up and things. Yeah. Um, depending on what you want to do with this... Um, it is entirely possible Tristan will freeze to death, so if you want to poke around here, he's just going to, at the least, run for the exit on his, on his speedy horse. Yeah, um, it would be good to have his capacity to search the place, but um, I can probably... It's probably not uh, uh, vastly necessary to have his better searching, because I'm not deeply concerned that we'll miss something crucial in Castard's lair, so yeah. I will say... um. Get out to where it's warm, I'll catch up in a bit. Okay, so he will turn and sprint off. Uh, tink, tink, at which point he makes two more saves on the way out. Which he makes. And which he fails. And you can hear him singing the whole time. Because yep. now that he's no longer trying to be stealthy, he's going to inspire heroics himself for that plus four save bonus. Yep. Cool beans. Yep. And Kaelin will look for the um, artifact of his desiring. Okay. So, Castard has on him, like, a million hand axes. Well, technically speaking, um, what he has is a wide variety of cold iron masterwork hand axes, um, coupled with a bag that, when you open it up, 
contains a wide variety more hand axes in an extra dimensional space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, each of them giant sized. If you care about the treasure, then you have a bag of holding and a hundred masterwork cold iron hand axes. Kale will absolutely take it, but I don't think there's any point, point selling treasure. It, yeah. yeah. And so Kalen takes it on general principles because, you know, Kale like I don't care as the player, but Kalen still wants treasure because Kalen's still a king who um adventuring king. Um, and, you know, Kastan has thoughtfully made this extremely portable treasure. Kastan? Um, Kaelin will leave him one for each hand. Yeah. Will leave him four axes, because, yep. you know, this guy won't, you know, this guy deserves some kind of honourable burial. Not really Kaelin's bag right now, but maybe later. And a quick search, um, Kastan has nothing on him which seems obviously esoteric and, and magical. Most of... You're assuming that his armor and he's got like a ring and an amulet on, and most of these are probably magical items. Yeah. But nothing that seems bizarre and otherworldly. This yeah. is in the first sort of half a minute of searching him. Yeah. The obvious stuff. Um, what do you then want to follow that on with? Because um, Caitlin's got a few more um, resist colds a minute per level, right? Uh, more, I think. Yeah. Um, it's resist you've taken? Yes. And one of the, at resist cold plus 30. Yeah, okay, so that's going to last for some considerable period of time here. It's 10 minutes a level. Yep, sweet. So, Kaelin has time to do a thorough job of searching this place. He can't benefit from Tristram's, um, extreme search powers, but Kaelin's, anything Kaelin's shittier search can find. Um, you actually don't have the time to take 20 here. Yeah. Because this is a huge area. But you are going to find what you're looking for within several minutes of this. Cool. So that's what um, I that's what I do. I can make it, most of the fortitude saves and the resist cold negates the damage for any I fail. Correct. Because it is actually reasonably obvious. Yeah. Um, so what happens is you look at what Testard has been doing. He's got a gi- giant sized shovel here. Yeah. Um, and when you brush the snow off some of these things. These big mounds, they're headstones, they're graves, um, and they read something on them in giant, which is largely meaningless to you. Yeah. Um, except that you can read the word Stagthorn on them, and a date that looks recent. He's burying his fallen comrades. Yeah, or rather you think he's buried them a while ago now, because yeah. it's been five months since they fell, and yeah. time is not moving um, necessarily massively differently here. Um, what he has done is he has carved gravestones, he has buried them, or at least made graves, given that the bodies melted away. It's possible they were turned here. Um, it's also possible they didn't, and he's just built graves. Um, but what he appears to be doing is with the shovel he's been digging up snow, because he's sort of done a couple of these and he's halfway through one of these jobs. He's digging up snow and he's building monuments out of them. He is building... Snowman is too simple a word. He is building small giants out of snow. They are quite meticulously well made. They are not a masterpiece sculpture, but they are not just three lumps and a head. It is very clearly an ice giant of some kind made of snow and stuck together and then covered over with frost to give it some solidity in its shape. So that is what he is, he is doing out here generally. Um, there are quite a lot of gravestones in here, dozens of mm-hmm. them, far more than could be accounted for by merely what uh, your, your council has killed. So yeah. these are presumably his children from other times or yeah. other places. 
Um, so you look this over, you go, hmm, okay, but it doesn't help me. And when you look back around at where Castard has fallen, something is growing there that was not there before, and after about ten minutes it is fully formed and something you can obviously see. It is a big icy headstone about the size of a table. It is a proper grave headstone made of solid ice, and it reads something on it in giant with the name Castard. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't say Stagthorn because it's presumably the place they died. Yeah. Um, and then it's got this year on it. Yeah. And that is an obviously weird magical first worldly thing. Yeah, so Caelan will go up to it and touch it. Yep. You touch it, and when you, you go, what the hell? Like, am I going to take this with me? It's the size of a table. When you grab it with both hands and uproot it out of the ground, you are more than strong enough to do this, even though it's solid ice, because you could lift a, a solid steel table with it. He's clunk! Pick up the icy thing that goes down and is now about the size of your hand. <laughs> so you have a miniature ice gravestone. Cool. And um, Caelan will look thoughtfully at it, stow it away, and then nod to the fallen Gustard. Yep. I'll either bring it back or I'll make you another, and I'll see you get very proper as and when I can. Bit cold out here to do it now. That's fair. But I'll, I'll, I'll digging through the ice is a shit job. Yeah, but I'll I'll see it done. You have my word. And then he will turn and ride his horse, which is not his magic horse, which does not have a name. Yep. Um, back out to the um, courtyard area. Trust him was mud strike. I know. That's which what he's got. And he's um, starting to because he's shivering all the time because it's really cold. The resist cold doesn't make it warm. Yes, but he's starting to show signs of like taking more serious damage from this as as about he hits the road because it's clear that he is bleeding from multiple hand axe wounds and looks dreadful. Yeah, once you run the horse flat out, you get back in a, in two minutes flat. Sweet. No problem. All right, so oh, right, stagger up. All right. Well, Kale clapping on the back. Do you remember when we used to run away from bandits? Uh, yes. That was amazing. You were amazing. <laughs> I haven't done all of that at, at once before. No. <laughs> well done. He was a mighty folk, and we killed him together. Now, if you'd be so kind... Take us back. So, the the only thing of note here is when you ride back out of the frozen graveyard, uh, you cannot see Tristan at all. He is just gone. Yeah. Until you ride far enough out, whereupon the snow suddenly stops and he just appears, poof, in front in the road directly in front of you. Ah, uh, yeah. Because he's had to move out of the snowy zone altogether, so yeah. he isn't freezing while you muck around. Yeah. So, you can't see him. I imagine this probably troubles Kaelin for 30 seconds or so, but you go... Wait, what? I mean, obviously he hasn't left me, but maybe something's happened. Right. First world reality. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Yes, Kaelin doesn't say home out of deference to Tristram's sensibilities, but home is where he wants to go. Tristram says, All right. Hang on. Takes your hand. Uh, we'll take the horses back again because he can. Yeah, yeah. And... Let's get warm and dry, then head home. Flash. Reality dissolves around you, 
and you are suddenly intensely hot, not burningly so, but merely like you are suddenly in a desert, as the environment around you is dripping dry, dry hot desert air, absolutely sweltering temperatures, and you appear to be in a vast city with strange men in odd garb that are immensely tall, many of them with red skin, looking at you, and there are huge Arabian Nights-style minaret towers in the background. And Tristan sort of breathes on his hands a bit, that's better, and you immediately start drying out. Yeah. The weird ifrits and other strange creatures in the street don't even give a second look at the fact that you've appeared out of thin air. Yeah. This is perfectly normal. Yeah, but Kaelin is eyeing them cautiously, given the last ifrit ifrit he met um, tried to murder him, and he's on very, very few hit points, Uh and would be extremely easy to murder. A half-orc and a a fae appearing, plane-shifting on magical horses is just Tuesday in the city of brass, and it's so commonplace as to not be worth even looking at. Yeah. And Tristan, like, spends two rounds here warming. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Kaelin looks decidedly for it. (laughs) Or rather, actually, because of how this works, you go, step out of the archway. Yeah. Go to the city of brass. Yeah. Go back outside of the the archway again. Yeah. I imagine everyone else looks a little freaked, too, as we appear and then disappear, except possibly Michaela. You are good and warm at this point. Yeah. So Kaelin will um, effortlessly roll off his magical horse and begin changing out of his cold weather gear. Yeah. Um, because he's now too hot. Yeah. <laughs> and um, will, in fact, while he's at it, change out of his cold weather gear and his plate and then um, flop down on... Um, unroll his... Uh, hurl his bedroll at the ground and flop onto it. So, what happened? It was very cold, and then it was very warm. If I had any ranks in here, I could tell you that's a great way to get hypothermia, but no one in this party does. (laughs) Uh, So, we've taken care of a lot of the problem. And Kayla will nod to the misbegotten... It will nod to Svetlana. We killed the misbegotten troll. Um, Saved some little pixies... uh, we killed Gurdy Niska again. It, that was, uh... Titania tried to help her by making her a place where she was all alone and couldn't hurt anybody and she couldn't really even think about hurting things and, uh, she didn't cope with it well. It sounds like, it sounds like Margaret Arthur's personal hell. That was very much her take on it, I. But I got her out of it. She apologised to me. Terrifying. Then she had been completely broken by whatever enchantments she was under. Uh, it's uh, not completely, but uh, it, it wasn't pretty. Um, uh, even when I considered her a friend, I don't think I ever heard her apologise to me. Uh, it's uh, very, very troubling. Um, and we killed Custard the Frost Giant. Um, most of, so we have enough supplies. We can bring someone else back in with us. But, uh, and we found the house at the end of time. Really, I think the only one we didn't fight was the wriggling man. Didn't run across him at all. But, uh, sounds very much like tomorrow's problem. One frost giant's enough for one day. Yeah. 
And they will basically... <laughs> and, um, yeah, is pretty much just going to lie on his bedroll at this time. And they will basically ask you for a um, an info dump. Yeah. But you do so yeah. over time. No yeah. problem. Yeah, I, um, I absorb, um, I, um, lean on, um, Brynn and Swetlana for some, um, lay on hands and yeah. buffing action and yeah. Michaela for some healing because Kaelin yeah, yeah. has... You, you may assume that you return to full hit points at this point between cool. Svetlana and Michaela. Yeah. Uh, there's no compelling reason for Michaela if you're not planning on taking her not to blast you with any number of healing spells. Well, fundamentally, I'm not planning on pa- taking anybody today, yeah. so we, we can spend the... Yeah, Michaela is the kind of person that would spend a bunch of healing spells and still keep two or three just in case you're ambushed by fey wolves jumping through the portal in the night. Yeah, but, but, um, at, the, but at this point... But um, for mechanical purposes, you may assume you're yeah, I mean, hit points. Uh, I mean, I imagine Svetlana and Bryn also have a fair amount of the um, lay on hands and um, monkey leg now, so yes. between the two of us we get patched up. Alright. Bren will snuggle up with you as you spend the night. Yeah. Jesus. I quite like the bit where we take the fight to them. Kaelin <laughs> makes a relationship check with Tristram, because he was very impressed by that. Yep. But he cannot, he does, I think, not, uh, 27. Yeah, he does not make the DC on a re-roll to, um, make the, improve the relationship. Fair. That's, um, that's getting to be quite a high DC yeah. now. Yep. As you do. But, um, nonetheless, it was awesome. I, oh, I'm wondering about taking you and Michaela or you and Svetlana back in with me when we go back in, but strikes me that's tomorrow's problem. God, it's nice to be back in a place where it gets dark. <laughs> it's nice to be back in a place where it gets dark. <laughs> yeah, when you come back out, um, you find that you can't account for some of your time. Somewhere in this, you have lost several hours. Yeah. Um, and you have no real idea where, whether it went slower or faster. Yeah. Um, it is, it is slower. You have lost time doing this. You come back several hours later than you think you were coming back. No one outside is terribly alarmed by this because they were expecting you to possibly be gone for days. Um, but it's not like you've lost years and years or anything like that. It's cool. just, it's time is out of whack as opposed to any serious inconvenience for you. So, question. Yes. When we, um, defeated Kidstar, did the world go sideways? Yes, same thing again. Cool. That rumbling sound, that cracking noise. Um, Michaela says, Michaela and Bryn felt it as well out here. Same effect. It felt like an earthquake. It came very rapidly. The um, because they've got the trophy, they saw the castle and knives shake violently, and then that was what they perceived to happen. Yeah. So the floor is yours. Yeah, I'm not sure what to do at this point. Whether to um, I'm, I'm wondering about stopping there or keeping going. Yeah. And I'm also not sure who to take back in with me now that I can, uh, whether to take Tristram again or, um, take, um, some of the others. So Tristan makes it significantly faster with his speedy horses. Yeah. But that's not a massive obstacle to you. 
Because I figure we can take um, Windchaser and a regular horse in. Yeah. Um, I'd want to take Bryn so we could dimension draw across the Mandragoras. Yeah. Can she dimension draw the horses as well? Yes. Cool. Quite comfortably. She's, um, if not all at once, she's got multiples of them a day that she's not um, otherwise using. Um, And come to that, um, if I took Svetlana, she could conceivably do the same thing or teleport or whatever. Does she have dimension draw? Uh, She has teleport. Yeah. Which is the hard way of doing it. Yeah. Um, should work. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm contemplating um, taking either Bryn and Switlana or Bryn and Michaela in with me. Yep. Because um, I figure Tristram and I have had, our, have had a pretty awesome big first world outing and like to have as many PCs on screen as I can. Yep, yep that's fair. I think Bryn and Switlana is a pretty fun combination. I haven't really, you know, those two haven't had a lot of on-screen time together. Yep. So I like that as a plan. Switlana Switlana can take a horse, I'll take Windchaser, and Bryn can just run along beside us. By all means. So, yes, so we rest the night. Yep. And then the two of us are going, the three of us are going to depart on the morrow. Yep. To try follow the path as far as we were able to go. Now, can we decipher the book without Tristram? Yes, absolutely. Cool. It is, um, once you know what you're looking for, and and you could decipher it on your own anyway. It's it's hard to copy, but it's not like it requires his incredible intelligence or some sort of fey magic to perceive it. Yeah. It's effectively, I can't do this remotely, but if I drew you a, um, if I drew your picture and then drew secret little wiggles in the corner and runes and archaic words and that sort of thing, yeah, I could theoretically communicate to you. I want you to meet me at the dairy. Yeah. So what I want to do is um, keep going a little more, maybe another half an hour or an hour, and then leave it there. Yep. So um, yes. Yeah, so the um. All right. We need to try and find the wriggling man and take him down. I think, um, Bryn and Svetlana, Bryn can help us get, one of you can help us get through this, um, patch of, um, nasty plant critters, and, um, I think both of you, it'll be an arcanist's duel with him, and so I want your help, and you know, Svetlana, and love, I'm thinking, um, majors generally don't like it when people kick them in the head. Although he won't be very... You might want to stay clear of biting him, as I don't imagine he tastes very good. Let's strategize and think about what we know about the wriggling man from what we've seen thus far. Tristan? Yeah. Yeah, while, while, while we're here. It's not a 20 this time. Giving him a meager th- uh, 39. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tristan says, well... Good news and bad. The bad news is I suspect he'll be quite a powerful and dangerous foe, although still quite mortal and killable. Um, the good news is, based on what I've seen of him, I'm fairly confident he re- represents something far more, far closer to a vermin than a creature of pure magic. So he falls under knowledge nature. Uh, his creature type is vermin. Ah, uh, okay. He is more worm than man uh, yeah. at this point. Uh, which, and evil. which means, among other things, that you can smite him. Oh, cool. <laughs> because a Knight of Thorns is designed to repel hostile animals and vermin from communities. 
It's I've got animal, plant, um, magical beast, and monstrous humanoid. Yeah, yeah, but I've always counted vermin no, as being that's... animals for the purposes of speak with animals and that sort of thing. Like Tristan can speak with the worms because vermin is such a stupid category. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's not very good. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so. I, I would prefer to call him a, a vermin than an animal, because yeah. an animal connotes the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, but... but um, functionally, his creature type is animal. Sweet, okay, no problem. You could, in theory, speak with animals on him, although you can also yeah, and, and, like, talk, talk to the worms yeah. that make him up, although you could also just talk to him. Yeah. Um, so he's an augmented human vermin. Yeah. <laughs> um, everything Triss has described about him says that this guy is absolutely some variant of evil in alignment. Yeah. He has no conscience, no compunction, and um, has basically tied his fate to Tanya's because it gives him power, as yeah. opposed to because of any inherent belief in the principles. Yeah, whereas Castard may not be big on the peace thing, but he was loyal to her as a, as a fealty thing, rather yeah. than just... Um, Seeing the political advantage. And Titania has um, her own sort of weird viewpoints on good and evil. It's not that straightforward to her. Like yeah. Tristan, she has higher priorities, or at least a different way of viewing things, versus what's good and what's evil. So yeah. it probably doesn't trouble her any that the Wiggling Man is clearly an evil loon. She's um, pretty pretty skilled at sh- shrugging off the collateral damage her allies inflict. So, uh, Tristan looks at him and says, So, from what I can tell and what Tristan has described, uh, the Wriggling Man has used to be a powerful wizard from somewhere in the River Kingdom several, several, several hundred years ago. He used the energies of the First World to reach Tristan. It's entirely possible she contacted him in the first place to make him a king in the same way that she's been doing for some time. A wizard king of the River Kingdoms, perhaps. But I don't know, I don't know all of the history, but obviously things didn't work out there. I suspect he wasn't the great uniter of peace she was looking for. <laughs> in any event, he's used the energies of the First World to become something far more than what he was, and also far less. He's a worm that walks now. Most dangerously, he'll still be a very powerful spellcaster, and we haven't seen enough of him to know what, really what he'll throw at you, other than that he can stop time. He may have any number of capacities and abilities. If he's a wizard, he'll have a spell book with any number of options available to him. We'll want to um, split up, get as far apart from each other as he can. There's a very real possibility he'll take one of us down. If we can help it, it would be good if he didn't take all of us down. Tristan can only really guess at that. Um, what he can tell you about is the worm that walks bits, yeah. not so much the wizard levels bits. Yeah. Um, and just as to the um, as to the worms, uh, for let me just read this for a moment. For better and for worse for him, he's something close to a swarm of creatures, a swarm of worms bound close together in one humanoid form. 
You will be able to hurt him. Weapons will cut him, will harm him. He has to form a solid enough shape in order to function as anything remotely resembling a human being. You'll be able to hurt him, although most weapons aren't going... Most weapons simply aren't going to be able to harm him. The structure of his body makes it extremely difficult to damage him, although sacrifice will take care of that. And Galen grins. <laughs> uh, Brynn, on the other hand, may have real trouble even landing a blow. Uh, he has DR15 dash. Ah, uh, yep. Which cannot be penetrated. Yep. Except by things that penetrate all forms of DR. Ah, uh, yep. Um, his AC and hit points, on the other hand, are probably nothing terribly impressive. Yep. Um, hitting him in the first place might be a challenge, but he's still functionally a wizard. Yep. Um... However, the plus the, and the other downside to that is that he is considered any number of creatures. A single target spells and effects do not work on him. Ergo, he cannot be stunned because he cannot be targeted with a stunning fist. Right, yeah. Um, anything, anything like disintegrates, ray spells, that sort of thing, don't do anything. You disintegrate yeah. a worm instead of the entire creature. Yeah. On the other hand, that means any for- that means any form of area effect will be ne- will will be half as effective again against him. And Galen will smile at certain like all swarms, he is weak against area effects. Yeah. Um, when he's slain, he'll come apart into a mass of worms. Then you're going to have to get rid of the lot to get rid of him. Uh, once he drops down to zero hit points, he discorporates into a swarm of creatures. At which point you'll need to kill them. And the, will the swarm of worms still be fighting? Uh, no, but at that point they will be a swarm and be immune to weapon damage. Right, yeah. So at that point you need an area effect to finish him off. Yeah. Which shouldn't be too hard for you to generate. Uh, yeah, although... Because you know what's going to happen. Otherwise yeah. what will happen is you get a bunch of worms, you go poke, poke, then we kill him. We ain't getting back up, I guess we leave, and then eventually he'll recaporeate again. Uh, yeah. Um... If he gets his hands on you, he'll be capable of coming apart, engulfing you in a swarm of worms. You? I don't imagine it'll trouble you too much, Caelan, but something Svetlana should watch out for. I... It's, I, it's, can't, I can't say I'm... Um, uh, I may be able to survive it, but I can't say it's something I'm keen on myself. Him dealing you warm swarm damage is significantly less of a threat than him blasting <laughs> you with high-end spells. Yeah, yeah, well, if he can do time stop, I think he's much better as a wizard than a worm. Um... And that's about that. He is immune to disease um, and paralysis and poison, which are all the sort of swarm-style things coming through. And his big trick is that he can't be targeted by single-target spells. Does that apply to inflict wounds? Uh, yes, he cannot be targeted by inflict wounds. Right. He needs Michaela needs to touch the creature. What happens is she inflicts wounds on a worm and kills it. Right. So, actually, Rune isn't going to be very helpful fighting him. So, Svetlana will be death on wheels against him. Yeah, I'm absolutely bringing Svetlana. Um, Michaela is almost totally incapable of actually touching him. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, and what she would do is change her spell loadout for something else entirely. Yeah, yeah, alright. So, not Bryn, uh, so Tr- Svetlana, not Michaela. Um, Bryn, I, uh, so I'm wondering about Tristram rather than... 
So Bryn at that point. Bryn cannot meaningfully damage him. Yeah. Um, that said, she's got all manner of saves to soak against his various spells. She can outrun him, outmove him, grab him, grapple him, and do a bunch of things to him. She merely can't damage him. Actually, the grappling sounds really useful. Okay, yeah. Because, I mean, Tristram probably can't meaningfully hurt him very well either, because he's going to have to do a ton... Because he does... Like Bryn, he does lots of attacks. Yeah, yeah. Um, his his arrows will just bounce off without effect. Yeah. He, he cannot deal enough damage to penetrate the DR. Yeah. What you need to hit through that DR is either something that pierces the DR, or lots of damage. Yeah. You swing white mightily with your big double-handed fuck-off great, great axe. Yeah, so Svetlana can try and murder him, I can try and murder him, and Bryn can um, do a running fight and try and make um, make his life difficult. Yeah, Tristan has dispels and buffs, which will be useful to you. Yeah, that is true. Um, Bryn is incapable of harming him directly, but is wildly resistant to him. Yeah. And eventually on her own she'd die sooner or later. Yeah. Um, but as it is, she's very likely to resist most of what he can throw between the spell resistance, the saves, everything else under the sun. Yeah. Um, so what she'll end up doing is just fucking around and doing a bunch of other things, grappling him, tripping him, harrying him. Yeah, making his life difficult. And she can do those things and then get out of range. Yes. Yeah. So it is a, it is a hard choice. Yeah. Because Tristram could buff Svetlana and I like crazy and make us invisible and stuff like that. Um, does either of them have it? Does anyone have any capacity to see invisible things? Uh, Svetlana can see invisibility. That's fantastic. Um, so she is absolutely your go-to here. Yeah, yeah, Tristan so... can also see invisibility. Cool. And Bryn can smell him. Ah, yes, of course she can. Which I believe is nowhere near as precise, but. Um, Right, so she can do the he's in that square. Yeah. Which does not, which tells her where he is. It does not engage his infidelity, and she's still at 50% missed chances. But it's still helpful to know. Yeah. Um, Kaylin is, um, no, this is just too good a loadout. I'm gonna keep it. I was thinking about taking blind fight, but, um, I really like what I've got. I've got a great combination for the mounted combat, and you never know when you suddenly need to do mounted combat. I mean, blind fight's helpful. Yeah, it is. Also, with the mounted combat, depending on where you end up, um, depending on where you end up, he will have some limitations that you also face, in that presumably he can't fly over the tree line any more than you can. Yeah. So if he can fly, which is not a stretch, which is not a stretch of the imagination mm. at all, he'll only be able to fly so high, but that will still put him out of melee range. Mm. I love spirited charge, but I think this is going. This is not going to be a hugely. Oh, it's just so hard to choose. Yeah, this is more going to be an on foot fight. I won't, don't like risking when chaser in a spell fight very much. Um, Alright, this is going to be a... So, I will take blind fight. Alright, so Kaelin retrains in the morning and practices fighting, and the montage shows him fighting with a um, blindfold on. Yep. Um... 
All right. Um, Bryn and Svetlana, I think it's the two of you for this one. Love, you can't hurt him. You would make just make his life difficult and dodge, dodge whatever he throws at you and be the one that survives if he takes over of us now. No, thank Helen will grin at Svetlana. Just keep pouring all the damage until he doesn't get up again. There we are. Uh, she's actually not incapable of hurting him. She's gotten strong enough now that she will merely be very poor at it. Yeah. On sub-average roles, she does nothing. To yeah, well, I think um, tackling or grappling, tripping him or grappling him are much better tactics anyway. Yeah. It re- uh, grappling spellcasters is um, really something that's not great for them. Cool. And she- All right, so that's it. that's our team loadout. So... Because I am bringing these two ladies with me, yep. um, there is no, um, there is, the remaining people will have no contact with the First World yeah, the War. Yeah, is going to disappear. Yeah, which I'm sure will make Michaela unhappy, but I need the t- I need two people and we haven't got that many more foes to take down. Yep. So it, she's just going to have to suck it up. Yep. So we take three items each. And walk through, say goodbye to Tristra and Michaela, and walk through the archway. So, um, you're taking Winchester, Spitlana's taking a horse. And. Oh, actually, Spitlana probably won't bo- bother with a horse. Oh, maybe she will. She can fly fast, slightly faster than the horse. So um, can I, because she can cast Overland Flight on me. That's true. I don't know if you want the horses anyway, just for the hell of it. Not really. It would actually make our mobility much easier if we didn't have to. Um, if we didn't have to worry about them. Of course, if you don't take the horse, then um, ride by attack and spirited charge are of no value. Yeah, but I already swapped out spirited charge. Cool, thanks. Um, and there's nothing I desperately want for um, ride by attack to swap ride by attack and mounted combat out for. Cool. So, Svetlana says. As long as the magics of the first world do not prevent it, and from what you described, we will be able to fly. We will be able to fly somewhat, if not high. That may be more. That may be more useful than having to take horses around through these difficult terrains. I think so. The um, I don't. The, we're getting down to the really brutal fights now, and. Uh, if he's um, throwing high-end fireballs around, it's not something I fancy uh, a risking. Uh, so you have a 30-foot fly movement in heavy armor, so you are very slightly slower than the horse, which yep. is probably not a major... It doesn't sound like a big problem. Yeah. All right. Um, and Kaelin takes greater weapon... swaps out ride by attack for greater weapon specialization bastard sword. Fair. As I now have um, a plus four ba- damage bonus to a bastard sword attack. Um, and for the moment, I am trucking around with sacrifice. Fair. The, um, concerned about the um, threat of the um, wriggling man. Alright, so I will exercise a few of her um, myriad spell slots. Yep. And cast an overland flight on herself and on you. Yep. Yeah, and um, Bryn can't fly, but, you know, 
She could if she wanted to, but she's perfectly capable yep. of um, what she can do is just run really fast, jump really high, and experimentally travel all over the place. Yep. So, Svetlana says, you know, it is possible that I can teleport within the first world, although given how strangely you've described reality going, I do not know if we would end up somewhere if I cannot see it. Well, take a look at the, um, when we go through the pixie area, take a good look at it, and um, if things go particularly badly, try and teleport us to there. Even if we wind up somewhere else, it'll be better than where we are. I understand. Without um, Tristram's amulet, we can't get out as fast as we um, want. But um, at this point, the place is um, what's left in the place is the most dangerous things. But there's a lot less opponents. So, how long do you want to play for here? Just thinking about what I'm building to. Uh, another ten minutes. Yep, all good. Okay, so you trust you. Um, Svetlana and Bryn approach forward, dividing the trophies between you. And again, when you try and step through the archway, you feel that will pushing against you. Um, of. And for my kingdom is as strong as yours, and my will is as great. You have no power over me. Yes, they'll be with us. And she steps forward through, and Bryn growls, For my will is as strong as yours. And my kingdom is as great. You have no power over us. That steps forward as well. Excellent. And the two of you walk forward, the three of you, sorry, walk forward through the archway um, and arrive on the other side and everything is just as you left it. You are in perpetual twilight again. And Kaelin begins um, narrating the sequence with checks at the book to make certain that he's getting it right. Yep. And as you... Um, fly or walk as you prefer, Yeah. Um, off from the gateway, there is something slightly different now. There is a sound under your feet. Like, like glass shattering? Glass shattering. Right. It's quite quiet. It's not a very loud sound at all. But it happens with each footstep you make. Almost as though we're destroying this reality. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's that crack, 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 and Bryn's sort of... As Kaelin um, flies and walks at 30 foot, he's just going to walk, because yep. um, it um, seems like a perfectly practical way of getting from point A to point B. Bryn will try to walk quietly so as not to set off the sound. Um, uh, Svetlana actively flies because she flies a little faster than she walks. Yeah. And none of it seems to make any difference. Svetlana is producing this noise as well. It's just the act of travelling forward as opposed to with each footstep. Yeah. And you arrive at the Swan Lake again, and it is again perfectly like you left it. The swirling vortex, the beautiful black swans yeah. uh, sort of circling around each other. They kind of idly glance over at you, ignore you, and continue on what they're doing. Yeah. And you follow the same instructions from Zadiger again. Yeah. Um, walk around the lake, walk in, and that should be taking you to the falls again. Yep. Um, and the point There is that shattering noise like glass, 
And this one is loud, really loud, sort of out enough to make you cover your ears slightly, um, as if some gigantic building made of glass has just fallen down. And then there is a sound as well, a sort of sighing, breathing out the sound of a thousand voices whispering and breathing out all at the same time. And as and this is what happens the moment the lake disappears from sight behind you. And so it looks What was that? I think the fable is dying. Are we doing it without presence here? We oppose Titania's will. Titania's will is what keeps this place going. Tristram said um, the inhabitants will be alright. They'll just be in our kingdom instead of here. He said it'll be a bit startling for them. That may be what's happening now. I hate all this noise. I no love. I suppose there's nothing more we can do but keep going. We made our decision to go down this road a long time ago. This is just what this looks like. And Caleb sounds a bit sad. Um, and as you roll down the road, uh, I think this should work, but I'll just double check it. Checking our spell. Uh... Percentile check first. You hear Michaela's voice in your ear um, as her words appear out of thin air. Um, Ascending spell. Um, Kaylin, something has changed out here. The archway. The archway has reappeared. It is solid. We can walk through, but not to the first world. Understood. I think the... Uh, so Kaelin gets to respond with the 20 words? Yep. Understood. 25. Understood. I think the, I think the fable's dying. Ask Tristram um, if I'm right. You do not get an answer back to this. Yeah. She does not have a second sending spell. Yeah. But that, she's got the Fae expert out there. She has a lot more context for what's going on than we do. Yes. And that is what, what she perceives is that, um, in ten, it's literally sort of ten minutes after you leave the lake. Yeah. The archway reappears in reality. Yeah. Uh, she cannot get to the first world through it, however. The Castle of Knives is there, but it's simply an object. She walks yep. through and she's on the other side of it. Yeah. But the, um, Tristram said we needed to uproot the fable. Yes, it's possible that's what's happening. Yeah. Again, crash, 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 crash. You, after, at this point, a proper hour's worth of movement. Yeah. You return to the falls. Again, beautiful and just as you left them. Undisturbed. Pixies, 
Um, if you are being reasonably loud and obnoxious, the pixies will say that. Mm, big sailor, big sailor, big sailor. I will introduce the pixies to um, Bryn and um, Sitlana. Oh, they're so tiny and so cute. <laughs> are they dangerous? No, we big sailor's friends. Is he? Is he big sailor? Best sailor too. Fair enough. I rescued some of them. They um, helped us. Uh, they helped us fight Kostag indirectly. I'm very glad that the misbegotten troll didn't harm any. Didn't didn't harm you more than he did. Uh, I'm sorry that I could not stop him earlier. Mm, pretty lady, pretty lady, best sailor's wife. For <laughs> just kind of like no, I married. I married her. Hey, look at you slightly sideways. Don't say it. <laughs> uh, things are going to be um, a little bumpy around here. Make sure all the little pixies are um, safely tucked up. It'll settle down soon, and then you'll still be in the you'll still be at the waterfall, but the waterfall will be in a different place. Okay, what has two thumbs and is listening to you? This fairy right here. <laughs> And let them take a little darts back under the waterfalls yeah. to tell them all this. Yeah. Uh, later on, I'll, um, Gellum's final spiller. Later on, I'll, I'll, um, take you to see Pixhome. There's little baby pixies. It's so pretty good. Says, I'll, I'll need to spend about an hour here if I want to perceive it, understand it well enough to teleport back here if I can. Alright, well, in that case, that sounds like a good excuse to go check out the baby pixies. And indeed she does. Yeah. And they are battening them down in their tiny little cribs and shutting their tiny shutters on their pixie houses. Yeah. Bracing for the storm. Yeah. Um, the sound of glass notably follows you. Sound of glass breaking follows you up the road and stops when you get here. Okay. So we and we spend an hour here, so Svetlana knows the place well enough to teleport to. That happens, and then we keep going. And the moment you leave, as soon as the falls fall behind you and are out of sight, <laughs> shattering noise again. The same one. Okay. Loud, violent. We keep going. Uh, four, and I can probably start to speed through this at this point. Yep. Uh, this more or less continues to happen. Every time you leave a location, as soon as you can no longer see it, and you're just back on the road, there is a huge violent shattering noise behind you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get back to the Mandragoras, um, Bryn looks at this just a matter of moving quietly and carefully enough over them. Well, I said, yes, but if we cannot fly it, well, you could use your feet. <laughs> Love, could you possibly get us pass? And she says, gather together, pulls her arm out and claws at reality around her and it parts. And what you usually see is... Um, she wolf steps through the first world. Yeah. Instead, what happens is you see the trees of a thousand voices, the forest. Yeah, as you wolf step, as you wolf step through the material plane. Hilarious. And then dimension door to the other side of this. This is trivial for her. One yeah. dimension door moves you across with no difficulties whatsoever. Yeah. Because this is the obstacle Brent can out with ease. Yeah. Um. And again, shatter. Yeah. Um. See, 
blah, blah. Um, I probably don't need to do these in order. You go through them all. Yeah. You end up back at Castard's graveyard. Depending on where you're going. You yeah, we're, we're, we're not heading to the House of Forgotten Time yet. You go through like, the House of Forgotten Time. He seems like exactly the kind of guy that would show up at the House of Forgotten Time even try and rumble us while, and rumble us while we're attacking Titania, and she seems like she's really going to be hard enough as it is. Um, there is no shattering sound of glass on the road to the House of Forgotten Time. Yeah. Nor is there one where you leave it. Yeah, possibly. that. Like, that's where Titania's power is concentrated. There is just silence. Yeah. And, and a sort of general bird twittering and that kind of thing. Yeah. We keep going. Yep. And um, head to, to we head to the general frozen vicinity of yep. Kostar's, um uh, area, yep. and then look at where the book says we need to go and whether we have to travel through the um, frozen wasteland. But yep. step step in, take three long, deep breaths of frozen cold, hold it, and then step back. We do this. Step back from the cold, and then you are back on the road again, and there is a horrible shattering noise behind you. Yep. Okay, and we keep going down the road. Yep. It is a little difficult to tell whether you're on the same road or not. They yep. all look the same. Um, although, given who you now have with you, uh, Bryn can fairly conclusively say, yeah. Definitely not where we kept. Definitely not the same road we came from. Even if it looks the same, our tracks aren't here. Makes sense. Um, and this takes you down, and you end up this time. After an hour, the trail opens up to a space in the forest, and the first thing you notice is the foul smell. This is pretty familiar to Caelan, who's done a lot of swamp travel. It is yeah. a big, wet, nasty marsh. There are a few trees standing defiantly in here. Yeah. But they are very sick, broken things. The algae is choked with... Wa- the, the water is sort of choked with algae and looks fetid and awful. And Bryn can easily see with her spot chest. Tiny things floating in the water. Little worms. Right. So there are thousands of tiny twitching worms floating in this fetid swamp. Yeah. And that is what you see here from the entryway. Um, fairly easily the road comes through into this. I think this might be the place. And it... Um, your instructions to leave this place, if you desire to leave, are to take a deep drink and dive as deep as you can. <laughs> Not enthused. Yeah, from any point in the swamp, apparently. Yeah, but at this point, there's nowhere to go that we haven't been. Correct. Leave. That, according to your map of Zoga's Picnic, the mire is the last place that you have, the last glade that you have not yet visited. Yeah. Although, again, these places don't connect to each other logically. So if you yeah. do that, who knows where you'll end up. But if you go backwards, you should theoretically end up at Castard's graveyard again. Yeah, at which point... it's worked thus far. Yeah, we can retrace our steps through the various um, areas until we get back to the House of Forgotten Time. Mm-hmm. But um, right now, well... 
These are the giant worms we're looking for. This is the wormy swamp we're looking for. Live, he must live here somewhere. I'll see. I'll see what I can do to track him. Damn difficult in the swamp. Very few footprints to follow. Before I wouldn't wade into that if I were you, love. I wonder if um, Sweetlana. Oh, can Sweetlana can't cast Overland Flight on Bryn, can she? No, she cannot. It's yeah. a personal range only spell. And she can do it to me specifically, not to other people. Yep. Yeah. Oh well, just be careful. Climb a tree or something. It's only a dirty swamp. I can swim. And I'm immune to disease and poison. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Alright, that's a comfort. I'm pretty confident I'm pretty confident I can handle it unless the wiggling man himself is in here. And if, and he, if is, he is when he grabs me and pulls me under, we'll know right right where he is. Good point. So she just wades fearlessly into this fetid swamp. Yeah. Like it's probably full of disease and poison and everything else. She loses no sleep over it. That's fair. She does, however, find that it is legitimately difficult to rain. Yeah. Um, at which point, she is only moving about ten feet faster than you are. Yeah. <laughs> and Svetlana and I will um, drift, Fly over the... drift behind her. Svetlana, on the other hand, says, I have no desire to catch whatever exotic swamp diseases I could get from this. I will fly over. Well, we are not immune to disease, are we? And we can't trail with beans, so it's not like we could be bringing something to the table there. So, uh, nothing bad appears to happen to Bryn. She has to crisscross this fetid, dirty swamp. Yeah. And she makes a tracking check to see what she can find here. He says, hmm. He's been here recently. Look, no mistaking that footprint, and points to a piece of mud. The swamp sort of goes up and down, in and out. Points to an exposed piece of mud where you just see splat. Yeah. Look, thousand, maybe dozens of worms there all at once in one compact shape. Vaguely like a foot. He's put a foot down there. Smells fresh. Harder to tell in this place, but the last day or so... I can follow this. And with her 40 to track, she can indeed follow him across a swamp through water and mud and mire. She's very impressive. Um, so we at this point probably want to be stealthy. I'm assuming as much, yeah. Yeah, given that we have Brent with us. Brent says, now, try and keep quiet. Try and keep as quiet as you can. Walk. <clears throat> Looks up at the two of you flying. Fly behind where I fly. <laughs> Don't hit any of the branches from the few trees that are here. <laughs> Shh. We're hunting worms. <laughs> and she creeps into the swamp. Very, very quiet. We're right. hunting worms. Okay, so her tracks are clearly taking you to woods what essentially appears to just be one of several seemingly random caves in the swamp. None of them look inviting. There's nothing remotely resembling a house in here. Yeah. Although, um... Considering the guy in his natural state is a million worms, maybe this is homie to her. Tristan has said that the the wriggling man must have... 
um, some sort of environment he operates in, if only because he's a wizard. He still yeah. needs a book and a flat space to write on and yeah. quill and ink kind of thing. Uh, but you imagine that anyone that has turned himself into a mass of worms probably isn't that worried about living here. Yeah. And not all that worried about his bed and his creature comforts and things. Yeah, as that walks are awful. Yeah, as Kaelin looks at this disease-ridden swamp, he reflects that um, living in a castle for um, 30 years and then dying of old age sounds like a pretty yeah. great deal in comparison to getting to live, be immortal and live in a filthy swamp potentially forever. Okay. It seemed even longer. <laughs> so, Mr. Wriggling Man, how are you tracking people down? Okay, so Bryn goes as quiet as she can. Yep. That is pretty quiet. Uh, a Wriggling Man, on the other hand, is exactly the sort of person that has millions of eyes and a hofty perception check. Yeah. So. Alright, and at 45 to 39, that is her victory. Good for her. She moves quietly towards the cave. Um... Looks at the tracks again and says, Was here going out very recently. Not a deep tread, moving quickly. No hurry. He's not in, he's not in this cave right now, but he'll be back. He'll be back in a few minutes. Well, what do you reckon to a nice dry ambush spot? So you've basically got filthy, fetid swamp and cave, neither of which are amazingly appealing. Yeah. That's what you've got. Yeah. Uh, so if we fight him in the cave, then we've got some firm ground under us. But considering that Svetlana and I are flying anyway, that may not be so much of a thing that, uh, advantage. The downside is we can't spread out, which means it's going to be harder for him to... Um, it's going to be hard, easier for him to hit us with the targeted effects. Yep. On the other hand, it means it's going to be harder for him to get away. I like that one. What about uh, Svetlana and I inside the cave and Bryn in front of us, ready to run past him and block the door? Let's not let him get... It may be a horribly dangerous place to be, but uh, we're a lot more dangerous in close combat than he is, and he's a lot more dangerous further away. Got it. So she moves out, sits, crouches, and disappears into the shadow at the door. Yeah. Sniffing the air quietly and watching and waiting. You and Svetlana move slightly more back into the cave. And in here, you can see what's in here. Um, this is an okay-sized cave. It's sort of 30 foot on deep. It's not certainly not enormous, but comfortably large enough to fit a single person living in here. And... You actually see a few things to indicate that there is a person of some kind living in here. Um, there are no clothes. There is no bed. 
what there is is a simple, basic wooden chair, albeit extraordinarily well constructed, and it reminds you eerily of the same thing you saw with the Nerly Witch. Yeah. With, at um, Niska's house. Yeah. It's a copy of something. Yeah. A beautifully constructed, well made, well crafted wooden chair. A beautifully constructed, well-made, well-crafted wooden desk with a quill and ink and that sort of thing, but no books sitting upon it. Then in the back of the room, um, there is something that you are not necessarily expecting to see here. Um, There is a hot, glowing fireplace, and almost like a forge... um, I think this should be pretty obvious to Caitlin, particularly in context. Um, it is a glass-blowing kiln. Oh, cool. Um, which, one wonders how the wriggling man who doesn't have lungs or breath yeah. is using it, but uh, nonetheless it is here. Yeah. And there are shelving set behind it, and there are glass bottles there. Oh! Corked. Glass bottles corked with a glass lid on them, very much like the um, the sweet jar style thing. It's got the glass lid that clips directly into it. All lying sideways, all set up on little wooden plinths to hold them up. And is Kaylin going over to uh, gaze further upon them? Yes, I want to know what's going on here. Okay, so when you take a look at them, several of them are filled. They are sort of big bottles, the size of a ship in a bottle... When you look at the first one of them, what you see is what you have seen in Oberon's vision. A glass bottle, completely and utterly still inside. In the second one, there are strips of earth. Um, Like a miniature segment of a chunk of land has been carved out and put in this bottle. You're looking into the ground itself like a cross-section. And I doubt Kaelin is savvy enough to necessarily recognise that this is the bit that was cut out from the Fort Draylev lands. Yeah, but on the other hand, I did spend a lot of time in each of those hexes examining things. Yeah, yeah. If, if you can't ID what each one is specifically, it's very obvious what they are broadly. These are the test pieces that have been taken from Stagthorn. Yeah. Um, many of the bottles sit empty. One of them... Kaylin looks at, and what you see in there is a perfect replica of a miniature version of Littleton. Um, and there are right down to tiny people walking around in it. Each one is not even the size of an ant. Yeah. Is there one that um, has a um, section of land with a couple of um, scouts in it? And yes, when you loom over one and look at it, you recognise a chunk of land... This one, because each each thing appears to be sized to the bottle, even though they are of different sizes, like the strips that have been taken are no more than a couple of metres wide, and yet they fill the bottle and they go deep, so you can see the cross-section of Earth. Uh, Littleton, on the other hand, is in all its surrounding. Hmm. All of the village fits in there, and where the scouts were in that hex in the Fort Draylev lands, where they basically took the entire hex. Yeah. That is a huge area, significantly bigger than Littleton, where only the village has gone. Yeah. Um, and yet that all fits in the bottle as well, just at a tinier scale. So Kalen's really got a squint. Yeah. And you can see the smallest 
little miniature people in there that look like your scouts. Yeah. And can you give me a sense motive check? Uh, 27. Okay. So, for starters, they don't see you in any way. They yeah. are not seeing a giant Kalen face. Yeah, because they're, in, the they're in a little world that's their whole world. There's nothing beyond the bottle. Um, what they presumably see is sky or possibly glass over the top or something yeah. like that. But they certainly don't go, ah, your giant Kalen face yeah. looming over us and react in that fashion. Yeah. Um, they ignore you completely. Moreover, what you can see from the miniaturized tiny versions is obviously you can't hear anything or really see a lot in the way of expression happening. But there's no alarm or no distress. People are not running around. They are not beating at mm. the glass walls. They do not seem alarmed. If anything, people seem incredibly chill. Your scouts are just kind of lying around in the fields, yeah. staring up at the sky, picking their leg, kicking their legs in the air. One of them appears to have a flower and is just picking the petals off idly, doing yeah. he loves me, he loves me not. Yeah. Um, in Littleton... Everyone looks happy. There are people hanging clothes out on tiny miniature washing lines, enjoying what looks like a bright sunny day in there, waving pleasantly to each other as they go past. Everyone looks peaceful and happy. Yeah. Hmm. And these bottles are just sitting there in front of you, and... Kaelin, who has no earthly idea how they have been put together, uh, cannot make the knowledge arcana check and has no idea if he should open them, smash them. No, although I am very moved by the account from Zadigus Picnic where he opened one and was nearly crushed by it. Yes. Good remembering. Um, But I'm happy for Sweetlana. Sweetlana is just floating here next to me. We haven't been ambushed yet. She could try making a knowledge arcana check. There is, she could. Certainly I'd rather have her take on it than Brun's take on it. Well, based on Zadig's picnic, we should be able to return this by opening the bottle or smashing it. It's it's a container, it's just that simple. On the other hand, I'm not sure if we want to uh if, if I'm not sure if we want to upset I'm not sure if we want to be crushed by a giant village appearing in this cave at this exact moment. I don't know if we should take the bottle and take it back out to Littleton. It should be movable. And she goes to put her hands on it and then stops and thinks, unless the wriggling man has trapped or alarmed them in any fashion, at which point we would alert him. Well, everyone inside is all right for the moment, and what we're going to do about the Littleton bottle is a question that we need to consider. For right now, I'm thinking... um, Let's focus on the incredibly powerful and dangerous wizard who's about to bre- discover yeah. Bur- where Burglin is cave. Yeah, she doesn't want to dispel magic on it because if anything, the same thing will happen. Yeah. The Littleton will come back out. We'll, um, um, we, we can try picking one, we can try picking one of the ones that doesn't have people in it up and see what happens after the Wriggling Man's dead. It's fair. <laughs> but for now, let's, uh, let's turn back to the front of the cave. So. There is the slightest <clears throat> from Bryn, a small growl noise, um, and Svetlana at this point is going to start casting like a monkey, but I'll determine that. Um, yeah, that can be at the starter, starter. Is the Bryn doesn't really fuck around buffing herself. I don't know if there's anything you want to do. Um, 
I don't think there's a lot of point boosting my AC. I think most of the things he's going to hit are not going to be AC targeting. Yeah, well, they'll be touch AC targeting. Yeah, which And he can turn into a swarm, which ignores your AC entirely. Yeah. I could um, technically drink my um, Shield of Faith, which also boosts my touch AC. You could, if you so desire. But um, I think what I'll um, do at this time is I'll drink my potion of resist um, electricity. Sure. On the basis that um, this is as good a time as any to use that one. Sure. Because that means I'm resistant to fire and electricity, which doesn't seem like I'm somewhat resistant to fire and very resistant to electricity. And so, Bren is crouched down. She has seen the wriggling man coming. He has not seen her. She growls to you basically in sufficient time to give you warning to move towards the front of the cave or stay where you are or whatever yeah. your plans to stay in. Yeah. Because um, we want him to be inside. Yep. Yeah. Because the melee rangers favour us much more than him. Then, as he approaches, uh, it is also pitch dark in this cave, which yeah. is um, totally meaningless to you. Yeah. Uh, and rapidly becomes totally meaningless to Svetlana, and is totally meaningless to Bryn. Who, who has dungeon goggles, yes. doesn't she? Yes. yes. Yep. Uh, Svetlana has um, spells. Uh, I don't believe she knows the spell, but she carries a potion of dark vision round for this purpose. Sweet. Yep, this is a great time to use Which that. Which she will skull, basically, as yep. you walk in. She's like, I can't see anything. Blug, blug, yep. blug. Um, so, the wriggling man comes towards the doorway, and it's not a deep cave, so you and you and Svetlana are sort of huddling back in the shadows behind Bryn, where she's doing, you, you hide over there, you hide over there. Yep. You're still using her hush aura. The wriggling man comes within 30 feet of the cave, and you see where he comes from is out of the swamp. Yeah. From under the water itself, this mass of worms comes up. In the form of a man, he is wearing a robe and carrying a staff, which apparently just remain on him and yeah. into his hand. He comes up looking like a humanoid figure made up of thousands of wriggling worms. Um flies up out of the swamp, flies over towards the cave, and then, as he gets within 30 feet of Bryn, um, immediately reacts to her presence, turns his head towards her, there's no expression on the worm-filled face, and starts to react to this, and Bryn shouts, He sees me somehow! And leaps into the fray against him. Yep. Initiative begins. He has not come inside the cave. Once he closes within 30 feet of her, uh, he has some, he has some of method of detecting her automatically that yep. bypasses her stealth. Makes good sense. But, you know, I'll take that as a result. Yep. And um, we begin a um, terrifying fight, a fight against the terrifying Arcanist. While behind us, the villagers of Littleton go about their peaceful day-to-day lives. Yep. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> <laughs>